0: Hey everyone, welcome to episode 88, Breaking Up with a Toxic Friend. Meet our mom, Kelly Hutchison. She is a life coach. She is a child counselor. She is a teacher. She's a parent coach. And she's a mom to us. She will teach you to stop yelling at your kids. She will teach you to get your kids to listen. She will teach you how to never sleep with mommy guilt again. She will teach you how to be an imperfect mom. So you can help your kids be imperfect too. And And have have harmony harmony in in the home. So guess what we have? We have some reviews. I just start blushing when I read your reviews because it's literally like you're talking to someone else. I'm like, what is happening? How are we at episode 88, which is a palindrome, by the way? Forwards and backwards, it's the same. I'm obsessed with palindromes for some reason. Like the word race car is a palindrome. Forwards and backwards, it's the same way. This review says, I don't even think I can put into words what a blessing Kelly and this podcast have been to my life. Thank you so much for putting yourself out there. Oh, it's so hard. I said that on her. To help parents be better parents. If you don't listen to every word of this podcast, you are truly missing out. I am so grateful for you. Clojo, thank you. You are the gas to my car because my brain tells me every week, don't do it, don't do it, don't do it, don't do it. And here I am doing it, doing it. I'm showing up because of you and all of you. So thank you for the literally continued support and love and just trudging forward because none of this is easy, but when we're in it together, it doesn't feel so hard. Jen says, love this episode on complimenting yourself. Really love the work of seeing the polarities in the people around you and accepting your own polarities in yourself. Another great one. Thank you, Kelly. Yes, to the polarities. We can have all of it. We're all 50-50. We're all good and we're all not so good. We're all have it together and then we all don't have it together. It's finding that Goldilocks spot because when you can see the polarities in yourself, then you can see it in other people. Like it's all okay. We're flawed and awesome and we're flossing together. David will sometimes say, he's like, golly, you're so loud. I'm like, it's called passion, bro. And one of the things he loves about me is my passion. So I'm like, you fell in love with this. There was no bait and switch in 1999 when we met. I was loud and passionate then, and I'm loud and passionate now. Before you say that, I'd be like, who do you think you are? But my sisters, if they would say, like, Kelly, can you keep it down? We're at Chili's, like, the whole restaurant doesn't have to hear the story. I'd be like, oh, sorry. But if he said it, I'd be like, what do you think of that?" Now I'm like, I know, I know, it's called passion, baby. So we're talking about breaking up with a toxic friend. And I asked on Facebook, of course, you guys are amazing, about what are some traits of a toxic relationship or a toxic friend or a toxic marriage or a toxic romantic relationship. And some of you said you feel drained all the time. You might feel anxiety. You might feel depressed when you're around this person. You can't concentrate. It takes away from family time. And even when you're with your family, you're thinking about the relationship. So sometimes if you've had a toxic friendship and you're hanging out with your kids playing Monopoly, all you can think about is what that person said to you when you were at lunch last time. You're like, why would she say that? Why did he say that? What's going on? Do you think it's true? Oh my gosh, what if it's true? What if I'm not good enough? Sometimes toxic relationship can be like, it gets a little claustrophobic. Like I was with PJ Virgo. like I was so into him and he wasn't into me and I just couldn't understand that. So then it made me actually get more clingy. I was like, bro, why aren't you into me? Let me show you some more. And then I became like this yapping puppy that wouldn't stop because I needed some more attention. So embarrassing. I'm literally blushing. You might feel like you can never do any right. And sometimes you feel like, oh, I'm walking on eggshells. I got to please this person so I don't make them erupt on me. So those are some examples. It's kind of like I used to tell my first graders. I'm like, listen, Linda, if you're not getting along with someone on the playground, just go play somewhere else. You don't have to like have the guns ablazing when you're leaving. In our first grade classroom, I was like, these five words, if you say these five words, they are the meanest, most hurtful five words. And they were told to me when I was in first grade. This is how I'm talking to them. And they are literally on the edge of their seat. They're like, what, what, what? And I'm like, they were said to me when I was in first grade. So I told my six-year-old Kelly self, I said, when you grow up, you're gonna become a teacher and you're gonna teach first grade to make sure that no students say this to another student. You literally could have heard a pin drop. I'm like, you're not my friend anymore. Uh, uh, uh." I said, boys and girls, we are going to get upset with each other. You're going to get upset with me. You might get upset with your neighbor. You might get upset with your greedy, greedy grandpappy. On the playground is where I see it happening the most. So if something isn't going right, you can say to them, stop, I don't like that. But you're not allowed to say, you're not my friend anymore because they didn't let you use the swing. Okay, all right. Of course, I was being sarcastic, but a lot of times in first grade, their go-to was, I want to go on the swing. No, I want to go on the swing. So then the one who gets the swing, the person who didn't get the swing says, you're not my friend anymore because you wouldn't let me go on the swing. I'm like, let's not do all or nothing. Let's just not break up over it. Let's just go play somewhere else. Or you can say, stop, I don't like that. I really like teaching kids words that are empowering. So they get a voice versus like, okay, I'm just going to take it and be a doormat. Every day when Grady gets out of the car, I say to this, have a happy day, be kind to everyone, shine God's light. And then he's like, and don't be a doormat because we want to find the Goldilocks in all of our kids because Grady's the type that like, you can have all the swings. Sure. You want to go first? You want to go? And then he would just give up who he is. So I'm trying to teach him the balance of you're an amazing, sweet, kind kid, but we need to find the balance between that and being a doormat. So we're always trying to help that with our kids. Now, Lily on the other hand, she'd be like, I got the swing. You were all going to line up. We're going to draw straws. We're going to do rock, paper, scissors. And she would like totally take control of the swing. And sometimes that might be a little on the B O S S Y side. I'm just saying. So you see how there's Goldilocks in everybody and there's that polarity in everybody? I love that word. Thanks for giving it to me, Jen. So the toxic friend that I'm talking about today, you're not gonna like me. You're really not gonna like me. I'm just warning you now, this is a disclaimer, you're not gonna like me because I'm gonna make you break up with someone that you might not wanna break up with, but you know that it's a toxic friend, but you still stay in the relationship. For what reason, I'm not really sure. How do I know? Because I do it every day. The toxic relationship is with, dun, 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 your pub hub, oh, nubby. You're like, what? You guys know Ubby Dub? If you know Ubby Dub, oh my goodness. So the language Ubby Dub I learned when I was a kid, and my sisters and I can speak fluently in Ubby Dub. You spell every word out loud, and then you added the word ub to all the consonants, and then you say the vowel, okay? So like hi would be hub I. Kelly would be Cub, C and K are the same. Cub, E, lub, lub, yub. I know that's a little advanced, but I try to teach it to my kids. It's so fun and they are getting better. This is me saying, have a nice day. a bubby, a nubby, cubby, a yub. Like, this is so fun. It was a great way that we could talk because my parents could never like keep up with it. My parents were like, stop it. So anyway, I'm going to say it in nubby dub because when I'm trying to soften something to the kids, like I have bad news or I have something to tell them or I'm like, I'm going to tell you nubby dub. It's a little softer that way. So I'm going to tell you a nubby dub, a little bit softer I'm going to help you, and we're going to break up together with our Pubhub O'Nub-E. You're like, what's Pubhub o Nub e That's our cell phones. So I felt like I had a really good handle on my cell phone usage before 2020, and then 2020 happened, and I feel like I was an alcoholic who just, like, hit the bottle again and just never came up for air. This process, if it's a problem for you, how do we know if it's a problem? Some symptoms if you might be addicted to your cell phone, or I'm just gonna say screens in general, because whenever you're afraid of feeling your emotions and then you go to something to solve for that emotion, and then you have a negative net result, then that means there's probably a little bit of an addiction. Now, the word addiction is such a strong word. So what if we just say an overusage? So if you have an overusage problem, nothing's gone wrong. This is completely normal. If you have any of the symptoms of insomnia, inability to focus, complete a task, stress or restlessness, relationship stress, eye strain, neck pain, social anxiety, escapist behavior. Ooh, that sounds really intense. And I love this quick answer on Healthline. They say, why are cell phones so addictive? And the answer is, for so many people, social interaction stimulates the release of dopamine because so many people use their phones as tools of social interaction. They become accustomed to checking them for that hit of dopamine that's released when they're connected to others on social media or some other app. Can you go blind from using your phone too much? Let's see what that answer is. Using phones and tablets in the dark can speed up blindness. Oh, that's fun. That's good to know. Okay, so how do you know if you have a quote-unquote problem? It's not like you have to break up with your phone. You just have to find a Goldilocks relationship with your phone, which I am constantly working on. And I literally felt like I had it and then 2020 happened and it started all over again. So just know that I'm in rehab and I'm always focusing on this. And sometimes talking about this with you and the strategies that I'm implementing and I'm doing help me stay accountable too. What I suggest is think about it as you're detoxing from something that is like a drug. Dopamine is being released. So just give yourself grace and compassion that your brain is doing what the brain's job is doing and it likes that dopamine. And if you've ever seen the movie Social Dilemma, that movie completely rocked my world because it kind of normalized the reason why I was going on it so much and what was happening in my brain. Because I really like to know the science behind it. It's kind of like when I was addicted to sugar and I saw the documentary Fed Up, I was like, oh, Eureka, no wonder why. I like to know the why behind it and then it helps me to institute change. Because I just want to reassure you all that there's nothing wrong with you and there's nothing wrong with your kids. If I could say that every single day, that would be amazing to you. So it would literally be something that you believe. Because once you believe that, then you're not looking for more problems. You're looking for more solutions. So the movie Social Dilemma completely woke me up, kind of scared me, but also inspired me for change because it compared the phone to almost like a slot machine in Las Vegas you don't know when you're gonna get that next hit. So it gives that intermittent feedback of serotonin and dopamine, which are all feel-good chemicals. So the brain's like, yes, more, 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 more. Until it becomes that you're sleeping with your phone, you're ignoring your kids when they need help, or you're annoyed that they interrupt you when they just want a glass of water. You ready for some stats? This is gonna blow your mind, because it did for me. 66% of people have a mobile device, which really surprised me. I thought it'd be so much higher. Well, that's the world's population. So you ready for this one? This, I was like, what? People tap, swipe, or click an average of 2,617 times per day. What the what? iPhone users unlock their phones an average of 80 times per day. What is going on? 26% of car accidents are caused by smartphone usage. I believe that. I see people on their phones all the time. I'm like, are you playing Candy Crush right now? What's going on? 31% of smartphone users never turn off their phones. This stat makes more sense. 81% of Americans own smartphones. The other number was the world population. To think of snapping and hitting and tapping and clicking a phone 2,617 times per day is Like, what is going on? Now, remember, we have 940 Saturdays between the time the kids are born and the time when they're grown and flown, whatever they decide to do, assuming they leave the house when they're 18. Nothing wrong if they don't. But on average, it's about 940 Saturdays. Now, some people are scared by that number. I want that number to inspire you. I have 330 weeks left with Lily. She's in seventh grade. At 156 days, I'm sorry, At 156 weeks with Grady because he's in fourth grade. I can't do the math right now, but I know you can. So I have a countdown app in my phone that tracks it. And the reason why I track it is because it helps me to stay more present. I want the number to inspire you for more presence, not depress you and deplete you. It's almost like knowing that this stage of our lives will be over then, but a new stage is still gonna happen. So it's not like a death sentence. It's like, how do I wanna show up during this time to leave a legacy? Because I'm writing on their unconscious brain right now. Like everything, all their smells, tastes, everything they're gonna remember. They're gonna eat a cookie when they're like 42 and they're like, oh my gosh, this is just like when I was at grandma's. How does that happen? That happens because we're writing on their unconscious brain. My kids will see crystal light when they're older. Like they're gonna be 62 and they're gonna see crystal light and they're gonna think of my mom. My mom loves Crystal Light. It's the only place they see it. They're going to see it probably the only place for their entire childhood. Molly sometimes has it, my sister, but my mom is obsessed with Crystal Light. Not obsessed or addicted, but just it's part of who she is. So they're going to be 52 and they're going to see Crystal Light. Boom, grandma. They're going to smell Isatis perfume. Boom, mom. That's my favorite perfume. I know it's so outdated. It's like Dracar, but I can't let it go. Every single christmas i ask it for my in-laws i'm like they're always asking david what does kelly want for christmas i'm like isa it's so old school but i almost want them to smell that smell and remember me so that just helps me become more conscious of my habits and what i'm doing but not from a place of beating myself it's just more like huh that's curious i'd swipe tap and click my phone 2617 times per day what now i don't think i do that but who knows So much of it is unconscious. The reason why is because we have an uncomfortable feeling and then we go to fix and solve for that uncomfortable feeling. And then we get that hit of dopamine and it solves for it, but it's a short-term gain. It's not a long-term solution. So I noticed that It was almost like I've talked to you before about like when there's a hurricane in our area, I'm always checking the news because it's like I have so much fear and anxiety about the hurricane that's impending and coming our way. So I'm waiting for the 12 o'clock update, the two o'clock update, the five o'clock update. So 2020 was a lot of that checking and checking and it was almost like a way to quell my fears, but then there was no updates. And then sometimes there would be an update. So I was getting that intermittent hit of dopamine to kind of quell my anxiety a little bit. So the reason why you're not gonna like me today is because I'm gonna make you feel your feelings this is not gonna feel good. It feels much better to numb out on alcohol, on phones, on TV, on Netflix, on our bed, on shopping, on gambling, on eating. It's much easier because that's pleasure now than pain later. There's no alcohol you can drink to numb the pain enough that's not gonna leave a hangover later. So it's pain now, pleasure later, or pleasure now, pain later. Pleasure now would be the overdrinking, then the pain later is the hangover. So I'm asking, it's a big ask, To choose the pain now for the pleasure later. Because it's going to be like detoxing from a drug. You're not going to get that shot of dopamine. You're going to have to create it on your own. Or you're going to have to sit in the uncomfortable feelings of being bored, feeling lonely, feeling anxiety, feeling uncertainty. Those are horrible. But what happens is the more you feel them, the softer they get over time. And they're not so amplified. I was just seeing a net negative when it came to my mental health. I was like checking so much. I was feeling a lot more anxiety. I was feeling more depressed than I usually am. Just kind of, not depressed like I need to go to the doctor, but just a lot of bummed out feelings. I just felt bummed out. It was just depressing my soul, if that makes sense. It was just very draining. That's the best way to describe it. It was like the battery in my body was being drained by this device. So I'm gonna tell you some strategies that you can do. Now, I do not suggest going cold turkey. Now you can just take a complete hiatus and you can just break up with it completely. So I've gotten a new watch because I love my Apple Watch for like running in my workouts, but I don't need my Apple Watch on all the time, but I do like to know what time it is. So I got just like a $7 cute pink sporty watch from Amazon. And so Lily's like, well, give me your Apple Watch. I'll wear your Apple Watch when you're not wearing yours. I'm like, no, I'm breaking up with my toxic friend. I'm not gonna give you my toxic friend. I need a better Goldilocks relationship with my toxic friend. We're too enmeshed, we're too codependent, we're too reliant on each other. My toxic friend is dictating how I should feel. I'm not filling my heart and my soul and my mind with positive things. Sometimes it's positive, a lot of times it's negative. Not always, sometimes. The thing is when you're scrolling, you can't control what you're gonna see or not see. So it's like positive, 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 negative, negative, negative. Well, that's not very fun. So I suggest doing it in stages. You can do cold turkey, but I think there is a balance that we can have because they're wonderful. I love texting with my family and friends. I love voxing. I love connecting with you on social media. I love doing this podcast. I love everything about the screens until I don't. So how can we find that Goldilocks relationship and then guess who's watching? Our kids. Now, what is that Goldilocks relationship? That's up to you. We are adults now, so we get to choose a life by design. We can do whatever we want. We can be on it for 24 hours a day, seven days a week, and no one can do anything about it. We can go on it for seven minutes a day, 24 times a day, nothing anybody can do about it. We have our own free will and we have our own free agency when we become an adult. Sometimes I think we forget that. Like, hey, I can do whatever I want. So what's gonna be a win-win for me? My mental health, my relationship with my family where I'm spending time with them and I'm not feeling drained by my phone or screens in general that I still have enough left in the tank for them. I didn't have balance. I had balance before 2020, then I got out of balance and now I'm getting balance back. See how that works? Nothing's gone wrong, there's nothing wrong with me. I was just getting shots of dopamine and my brain liked it. Okay, there's not any drama around it. It was working for me until it wasn't. And now I'm gonna get back to a place where it is working for me. But I wanna warn you, it is not comfortable to feel bored. It is not comfortable to feel lonely. It is much easier to get a false pleasure from a phone or connection from someone from high school. If you're feeling lonely in your relationship with yourself, it's very normal that you're going to want to seek connection. So you seek it elsewhere. It just doesn't give you that positive end result. So doing it in stages is what I recommend because if you tell your brain, we're going to go from tapping it 2,617 times per day to zero, your brain's going to like, "Mm, that's going to last about three days. And maybe that'll work for you. I just find the brain gets overwhelmed very easy. The brain likes to spin out in overwhelming confusion. Remember, our brains only like to seek pleasure, avoid pain, and be efficient. That is normal. That's part of the human experience. That's part of the human brain. Our kids, their brains are a little bit more malleable. Seek pleasure, avoid pain, be efficient. They're not really doing that yet because their brains are still developing. So they're just like going all out. Some stages you can do it in is just become conscious of how many times you're picking up your phone. That's a good way to start because... I don't know about droids, but in iPhones, they will tell you how many times you picked up your phone. So try that for a week. Just be conscious of how many times you're picking it up. Doesn't mean you need to give it up. If you're at 80 times per day, they unlock it 80 times per day. Then just maybe you say, hey, I want to get to 50. It's kind of like a little video game. Grady's playing this game where the better he does in math, the more it up levels him. And then if he starts missing a lot of problems, then they kind of downgrade his level. And they're kind of like always playing with that spine in that Goldilocks spot on the It's a math app. It's so cool. And I think a lot of apps work that way. They kind of like find out your level, then they challenge you a little bit and they're like, challenge, challenge, challenge. Ooh, too challenging. Okay, we're going to drop it down a notch. And it's always adjusting based on the child. And so you can kind of have that same type of game with yourself and your relationship with your phone. Remember, your relationship with your phone is just like a relationship with your spouse or your kids. If I spent 24-7 with my kids, they would be claustrophobic, annoyed, feeling like they don't have their own voice and probably a little anxiety because I'm always on them. So same thing with our phones. Think about a relationship. Is it a healthy relationship? Is it bringing you joy? Are you feeling connected? Is it artificial connection or is it real connection where you're laughing? So tracking the pickups will help. And that's kind of like a video game. If you're at 80, drop to 70, then drop to 60, then drop to 50. Find that sweet spot where it's like, not too much and not too little. This is a huge one that will help you a lot. So the night before, whatever your most high frequency apps are that you just find the most addictive, log out of those apps the night before and change your password to something really long and confusing that you have to type in. Like, have a nice day in 2021, period, exclamation point, semicolon. So it's kind of a pain to log in. Now, when you wake up, your first thought will be to check your phone. We're not going to do that. We're going to spend the first Couple minutes, maybe five minutes, maybe 10 minutes, build up to 30, build up to two hours of not even touching the phone, not even logging into those apps. If you wanna log into the Bible app, totally cool. A music app to help you with meditation, totally cool. But the ones where you don't have control over what you're seeing because you're just scrolling and you're at the expense of what other people are posting, you wanna stand clear of those. And then you might wanna say, okay, I'm gonna spend the first five minutes not on my phone. And then you build up to 10, then you build up to 20. Remember, if you're trying to run like a marathon, you don't run 26 miles. You run one mile 26 times. So the best way to teach your brain how to do this in small doses is to do it in small doses. I never say to my brain, we're gonna go for an hour run. I say, we're gonna run for 15 minutes. Then the 15 minutes is up, I'm like, we're gonna do another 15, we got the good momentum going. So it's kind of like a brain hack and you know that you're onto yourself, but you're also just getting that momentum going. Because I want you to spend that time in the morning with yourself, connecting with yourself. You have to log into your heart before you can log into other people's hearts. So logging out the night before, so you can log in to your own heart in the morning. One thing, oh my God, you won't even believe how unfun your phone is when you make it black and white. I just learned about this. It is life changing. My anxiety levels have dropped significantly. My stress, my tension dropped so much. I still have 50-50. You can never make it go away, but it's gotten so much smaller is making your phone black and white. There's a way to do it for joy and there's a way to do it for iPhone. So Google, how to make my phone grayscale. Your pictures are still gonna come out in color, but your phone is going to be so boring. You want to turn your phone into a dumb phone because all those colors and lights from the movie Social Dilemma, they teach you how they purposely make it more addictive because the more addictive it is for you, the more you're shopping, the more you're clicking ads, the more money they're making. So I'm like, I'm not going to let you win at that game. Another thing that might help is if you are picking it up or touching or unlocking it 80 times per day and you're going to check your pickups, sometimes you'll just pick it up at a habit. And so setting a timer where I'm going to check it only on the quarter hour, or I'm only going to check it when the last number ends in a zero, like at 11 o'clock, 11.30, 12 o'clock, and then if you do pick it up, then the timer starts over. So you kind of set the timer for maybe five minutes. It depends on your usage and what you want to get to. So you always want to do, what am I doing now? So that's why awareness is key. And what is my goal? And then you kind of find the baby steps and the leapfrogs to get to those steps. So the timer for checking is really good because it helps, again, with consciousness. Everything that you want to change just starts with consciousness, awareness. And then you have awareness and they are like, okay, this is what is happening now. It's not working for me. And here's what would work for me. And that's why I love this podcast to be for you a plug and play where you find your own Goldilocks. This is another big one if you're out and about and you're checking it like at red lights or at stop signs or in the parking lot and you get to like Joanne Fabrics and you're like in the parking lot for like 20 minutes just checking your phone. There's a way on your phone that you can shut off where apps don't work unless you're on Wi-Fi. So you shut off the most popular apps that are popular for you, and you shut it off where it only works when it's on Wi-Fi. So that means you can't check it at red lights. You can't check it at stop signs. You can't check it in parking lots. You can check it when you're in the store, but it just helps you kind of like, you're going to see how many times you go and pick up your phone to try to do it, and then it's going to say, no Wi-Fi, no Wi-Fi. In my iPhone, it's under settings, and then it's under cellular, and then you'll see all your different apps and they'll be turned on or off where it will use cellular data. It will use cellular data when you're not on Wi-Fi. So you shut that off where it doesn't work when it's on cellular data. Cellular data sounds great, but it's not that great. So shut that off where it only works when you're on Wi-Fi. Now, this is the part where you're really not going to like me. So I asked you the other day, I said, what are your most popular apps that you find you're spending yourself the most time on? And your settings... You can go into, this is on iPhones, and I know you can on Droids too. You can go into screen time and you can see what are the most popular apps that are using the most of my time. Now, you're going to pick your top four that are most addictive, most traveled, most visited, and then you're going to delete the app. Oh my goodness, I know. Don't throw tomatoes at me. You're going to delete the app you can start with the most popular one, or you can start and start small and whatever number four was. So, you're gonna delete that. You're gonna try that for a couple of weeks. Okay, okay. You'll find yourself spending more time on the other three. That's okay. It's all about awareness. Then, after doing that for a couple of days, a couple of weeks, whatever works for you, you're gonna delete number four and three. That's gonna hurt. That's gonna sting. A lot of feelings are gonna come up, but you're gonna learn how to feel your feelings. And the worst feeling that can happen is boredom, loneliness, anxiety. You're gonna feel that pull, and it's not gonna feel good. But you're gonna say things like, this is a vibration going through my body. Nothing has gone wrong. You can handle this. You're gonna say things like that because you're gonna actually learn how to feel your feelings and you're actually going to not numb them and push them away. This is a hard sell because it's much easier to numb them. Problem is we feel depressed, anxious, and lonely and we don't know what that really feels like. So then let's take the phone away. Then it's gonna be, okay, we have to numb it out with the food or with the drinking. A lot of people, when they get gastric bypass surgery, they realize that their food addiction was just numbing for their feelings that they have never felt before. And so a lot of people who get gastric bypass surgery, I don't know the percentage, but it's very high, they become alcoholics because they can't eat as much food or they'll get physically ill. Their tummies are actually smaller, so they can't ingest all the food to numb the feelings that they've stuffed for so long. So then they just choose a different addiction. Isn't that wild? Isn't that good to know? that that's where most addictions come from. And most people that are hurting are somehow trying to numb that hurt instead of feeling the hurt. And I'll tell you, when you start to learn how to feel the hurt, it doesn't hurt so much because you're not pushing away and you're not resisting it. It's like holding down the beach ball underneath water. And when you learn how to feel your feelings, guess what? When your kids melt down and flip out, it's no big deal. NBD, you're like, oh, that's part of the human experience. I know how that feels and I know it hurts. Lily just came in and room, she's like, I'm so bored. I'm like, I know, isn't that a tricky emotion that's going through your body? It's like a tricky vibration. I'm like agreeing with her. I wasn't bored at the time, but we've all felt boredom. What if we kept feeling boredom and we didn't solve for the boredom? Your life will change forever. And you know what's gonna happen next, then we're going to delete the three apps, then we're going to delete the four apps. Now, this doesn't mean you can't go on these places. They bring you joy. Go on these places. Just use the website. Like if it's Facebook, the Facebook website is so not user-friendly and that's okay because then it helps you not enjoy it so much and you're still able to enjoy it, but just not over-enjoy it, if that makes sense. So here are some strategies. I suggest starting small making this a conscious effort, awareness is key, figure out a game plan that works for you, that's a win-win, and that if your kids were to adopt that tomorrow, you'd be comfortable with that level of usage then work your way in baby steps up to that point. I have a coach who's helping me count macros. She didn't teach me how to do all the things at once. She's teaching me in small doses. First, she's like, all right, first we're gonna track your food for a couple of weeks. Then I was like, all right, got that down. Now she's like, now we're just gonna track calories. We're gonna just keep your calories in check. We're gonna do 1,700. I'm like, let's go. That's amazing. Thank you. Then she's like, all right, now we're just gonna look at protein. So we're gonna, and she was building upon it. First, she's like tracking the food. Got that. Boom. Sometimes it takes a client a week to get it. Sometimes it takes two weeks. So we were checking in with each other. I got it. No, I don't got it. I need to practice some more. Okay, so first it started with tracking, got that. Calories, got that. Protein, got that. Fat, got that. Carbs, got that. Okay, so it's like, building upon building. And these were weeks upon weeks in between each other. So knowing that you're telling your brain, we're gonna do this slowly, but we are gonna do it, then it doesn't feel so overwhelming to the brain. Just like you don't tell the brain, we're gonna run 3.2 miles. We're like, no, we're running to the first lake first. Then we're entering the 5K, but don't worry about the 5K brain. The 5K isn't for another six weeks. So don't worry about that right now. We're just focusing on right now and the next best move. So let me know how this landed with you. And let me know if you're mad at me. You might be a little mad at me because I'm making you break up with a toxic friend. So you have to like kind of let go of the whoopee and the blankie and believe me, I'm doing it with you. So let's do this together. I love you guys and I'll talk to you next week. Bye-bye. Hey mamas, thanks for listening. If you had any ahas, clicks or those lightning bolt moments while listening, you have to check out my free parenting bootcamp where we take all of this to the next level and we try to create even more awakenings for ourselves so that we can connect more with our kids and never yell at them again. You can sign up at www.coachingkelly.com and if you really want to fill up my love cup, send me an email of what your aha was, what your click was, what was that lightning bolt moment while you were listening. I want nothing more in life than for you to have harmony in your home and to learn how to be an imperfect mom like me which allows your kids to be imperfect, too, each and every day. Thanks for listening.